Are you curious to learn more about how to navigate your spiritual awakening? Have you been feeling a nudge in your soul, something pulling or calling you to explore more? Well, you've come to the right place. The Spiritually Curious Podcast is a sacred container built to support you on your spiritual awakening journey and live your soul's purpose. I'm your host, Bridget Nistico, a seeker, space holder, author, and soul coach. Each week, we will hear from fellow seekers about how their spiritual curiosity led to a path of awakening to their soul's truth and purpose. From rock bottoms to breakthroughs, we'll explore how they navigated the highs, the lows, and everything in between, as well as the tools they use to support them during their spiritual awakening. Are you spiritually curious? If so, keep listening. What's going on, Soul Family? How's everybody doing? Today, we are talking to Shannon Keating. Shannon is a holistic life coach for women, teens, girls, and young adult women transitioning. She is an intuitive human design reader, guided meditation teacher, and host of Unmasked and Open Hearted Podcast. Shannon has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to self-empowerment and self-love, and she is a compassionate, relatable mentor who offers a non-judgmental space for women to process what they're going through and what they're experiencing. And Shannon and I dive into a lot of different discussions and topics, but um, really related around her work is uh, cultivating self-love and something that she calls emotional empowerment, which I love this term. I feel like she's like, I think I coined that. I was like, I think you did too. Um, it's such a beautiful word and it really relates to honoring all of the emotions that are coming up for us, whether they're happy or sad or dark or beautiful, but allowing ourselves to be empowered by honoring um, what it is that is arising and allowing ourselves to experience the cycles um, of those emotions and using them as means for empowerment. She also talks a lot about um, self-love and how we can um, love ourselves more and what are some ways that we can honor ourselves and become more intimate with ourselves and our souls. And I think that's such a huge topic, especially when we're navigating our soul path, because oftentimes this can feel like a solo walk that we're on, right? It's something that not everyone is going to understand what we're doing or what we're going through. And it requires us to be totally in alignment with our connection with spirit and with source. And that requires a lot of trust in ourselves and love for ourselves and connection to ourselves and our soul. And so she gives some really great tidbits around how to um, create that connection, how to spend more time in intimacy with ourselves, how to cultivate more self-love. And I think it's really going to help you guys. I know that just the discussion alone, there were so many awarenesses that I was having and like, I'm being called in this space right now where doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense to other people on the outside world and oftentimes even to me. And so it's, I'm really trying to practice more trust in myself and a greater connection with myself and a greater love for myself. So I know that all of us can struggle with that from time to time. And I really think that this discussion is going to help us to navigate some of those spaces so that we can honor our true soul's calling and we can do so with love for ourselves and in a rep from a reverent space other thing that we dive into is where our soul wants to live and to be geographically. So this one hit home for me because I am in a huge transition right now where I live in the DC area, but I'm feeling really called to leave and to expand and that this isn't the place for my soul to grow any longer. And, you know, I've traveled to a couple places. I went to Austin, Texas, and, you know, I've done some astro cartography, which her and I talk about. And, um, essentially, you know, where is it that my soul feels most aligned in being? And she shares with us her journey of this solo adventuring that she went on and what that looked like and how it was a process of trial and error, but that by allowing herself the freedom to, you know, have that experience without judgment, she was able to find a place that she now calls home that is aligned with where she's at in her soul path. 
And so I know that will help some of you too, because as we expand in our soul journey and our spiritual awakening, we find that oftentimes where we're currently residing is not aligned with um, an opportunity in place for growth for us. So lots of juicy, amazing, yummy topics that we're diving into. I know that some of them are going to support you on your journey and stay tuned for today's episode. Hey fam, welcome back to another episode of Spiritually Curious. I am so excited today. I have another soul sister of mine joining us, Shannon Keating. Shannon, thank you so much for being here with us today. Hello. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Hello. I love it. Yeah. Um, So I always like to kind of share about how I met my guests. And it's interesting because there's a couple people that have been on the podcast that we actually met in the same place. And it was um, a couple of years ago, like maybe two and a half years ago, where we took a, um, a course together with Shaman Allison Charles. And yeah, I just remember us connecting there. And I'm so glad that we've like continued to stay connected and got to spend some time together in person recently. Mm, I know. Yeah. Two and a half years ago. And yeah, it's been really special to be able to connect in person and just see how our paths have shifted and evolved and kind of grown together, even though we weren't connected for, I think a year there, but right. it's really good. I know. It's kind of interesting how, um, relationships ebb and flow when you, you know, meet someone and you feel that connection, like, wow, you know, like it was, uh, you know, so nice getting to be with all of the women in that group, but then, you know, we all grow and expand and are doing different things. And then it just comes full circle. And it's funny because you're actually from close to where I'm from. So you're from Maryland and I'm from Virginia and you came back home recently and it was so nice. We like got to go on some walks and to dinner and like we had never met in person. And I just love how that all like aligned for us. So I know it was really special. And then I, when I was leaving, I was like, shoot, I wish I could bring you with me now. <laughs> I know. I said the same thing to Jenna. So we have another friend that was in that program. I was like, I'm so bummed. Like Shannon's here now. And I had a spiritual friend that was close and now she's leaving. And you went on your own little spiritual um, quest and ended up in Florida now. So I'd love to, let's start. Why don't we start with that and, and where you're at in the flow of your life and how you followed this calling that led you to move down there. Yeah. Okay. So I was living in Denver, Colorado for about eight years. And that's actually where we did that program together. I was in Denver at the time in a town home living with my, one of my best closest friends. And once COVID hit, the two of us went to San Diego. Our lease ended. We quarantined in Denver for a month or two, our lease ended. We didn't have a desire to get another lease in the middle of COVID. So we went to San Diego where her family lives and we lived there for a couple of months. It was so fun. And then I actually went back to Maryland to spend some time with my family during COVID. That was really great, really nourishing. And then when we went back in Denver about four months after that, it was just very clear in my nervous system, essentially, that I wasn't meant to be in Colorado anymore. And how that feels to me in case anyone is in that place of realizing, oh, I want to change my location or this place I used to love and feel so connected to. I'm not feeling connected to this land or this area anymore. To me, it really just felt like a total shift in energy to where, yeah, like I really work with the energy of my environment and I vibe with it. I can tap in and feel like, Ooh, this is an energy that makes my soul come alive an energy. I want to work with an energy that feels really good in my life right now. And it just felt like the energy was stagnant and almost stale and old and kind of boring, even though to someone else, Denver is exciting and amazing and nourishing and there's the mountains. But to me at that point in my life, I had kind of been there as far as my soul needed to be. And so when I went back there after four months away, it was just so clear in my body of, you don't want to get another lease here. Mm. There, There doesn't feel like any energy for you to work with in this environment. 
So it scared me a little bit because the plan was to still live with my friend at the time, get another lease together for like another year, ride out COVID, be in a place that felt familiar around people who felt familiar where I had relationships, I had connections. Again, I'd been there for eight years, but my soul was like, nope. (laughs) Yep. So I was terrified to tell my friend at the time because we were in the process of looking for a lease together. And I was just really scared to tell her, I'm not in this. I have to go elsewhere. I don't know where I'm going to go, but it's not here. And there's nothing in me that wants to sign a year-long lease here. So I was really, really nervous. Eventually had the conversation. She already had felt it intuitively as well. Just us being so connected was obviously sad. And we went through that whole grieving of us living together and then separating, you know, venturing on our, our separate paths as far as like being physically connected goes, Mm -hmm. Um, but totally understanding, totally supportive. And then that kind of left me to, okay, where do I go now? Because I don't have a place in mind. I don't feel like a super strong pull anywhere. I love San Diego. I Mm -hmm. really love spending time there. That felt like a location and a place where my soul really came alive. And I just, I loved it there, but it didn't feel like I wanted to go back there Mm. at least not right now or not then. And I really didn't know where, but I knew, okay, I want to be near the ocean. Um, I vibe well with the ocean. So that's kind of all I knew. And then I joined a community that's kind of like co-living co-working space. It's called outside. If anyone's familiar or interested, you can check them out. They have a bunch of homes sprinkled throughout the U S and the world that are kind of like Airbnb style, like co-living, but you can live there for two weeks, a month, two months, three months, six months, whatever you want. And it comes with a co-working space and a really cool community. So I joined that and I started to see like what they had available. And then at the time my friend was down in Baja, California, like Mexico, that peninsula area and invited me over there. That felt really good. So the outside had a location there. I went down into Cabo. Once I got to Cabo, didn't vibe with Cabo at all, but found a place called Todos Santos, which was a little bit North, really connected to that area. So ventured over there and found myself trying to do the roommate thing again. But again, my soul was like, no, the roommate thing is not working for you anymore. So kind of got booted out of that situation by spirit. And in a number of triggering ways, and ended up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a story for another day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Another, another, not a podcast episode recording, yeah. but I will tell you. <laughs> I'll happily tell you about that story. But yeah, I got booted out <laughs> and then found myself like being called to live alone. So that was my first experience of living alone. I got a casita for a month, it was great. I loved it. But then I could have stayed for longer but came back to the U S for the holidays and then was like, okay, I think I want to see what's next. And for whatever reason, I had like my mind really set on Hawaii and specifically Kauai. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the reason for that was more, and I'm going to be so transparent with people because I feel like people might appreciate hearing this. It wasn't coming from this deep soul pull. It was more coming from trying to find the quote unquote perfect situation that would make Mm -hmm. everything quote unquote better. So it was still me kind of like searching outside of myself and thinking, okay, when I find this perfect location, everything in my life is just going to unfold beautifully. So I looked at my astro cartography chart and I had someone pick out a bunch (laughs) of ideal locations for me. And turns out my sunline runs straight through Kauai. I searched up sunline and it said things like self-esteem and confidence and recognition and all these things that my ego and soul crave. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go there and everything's just going to be perfect. So I really had that like set. And so I made it happen. I sold all of my belongings, my car included, At the beginning of this year, I found myself plopped on an island I'd never been to before with no one I knew. 
and had a little bit of a, oh crap moment of (laughs) you just really ungrounded yourself. You sold all of your belongings. You came to a brand new Island you've never been to before thinking that everything was going to be perfect. And that whole, like the grass is always greener approach. And it wasn't that way. I actually had a depressive episode. I, it was so much change at once. I spiraled and I felt very isolated on the Island. I didn't have a car. I was living kind of alone again. I mean, it all, like everything was working out for me, but my past mental health patterns just really overtook me. And I spiraled into depression again, which the last time I experienced depression was about three years prior when I ended a relationship. And it was more like an intense heartbreak that spiraled that, but I was not anticipating this was going to happen. So here I am on an Island where I think everything is going to be beautiful and wonderful and amazing. And I'm just going to be instantly confident And I'm feeling really isolated, really lonely, don't know who I am, like identity crisis and was feeling really depressed, really lethargic and really like, what did I just do? So I clearly moved through that. That was about eight months ago or so, but stayed there for about a couple months until I kind of rose up enough out of it to make a clear decision around whether or not I wanted to stay or leave. And I realized I just felt this pull back to Maryland where I grew up and I just kept hearing like, go home, go home. And I couldn't figure out what that meant for at first. But then my mom was like, why don't you just come home, ground yourself, be around familiar people, kind of stabilize what's going on and then make your next move from there. So eventually again, I got to just a good place in my nervous system, made the decision to go back home for a little bit, thought it was going to be two weeks, maybe a month for me just to, again, get taken care of, get my mental health addressed, make sure I felt more like myself again. And that actually turned into a really incredible familial healing experience, a deepening of a connection with my grandpa who was in the end of his life. He actually just passed away about a week, a week or two ago, which was really sad, but I'm just so grateful because I went back home thinking I was going to, again, stabilize my nervous system, get my health, my mental health on point, just in a more leveled place and ended up really bonding with my grandpa who was in a nursing home. And I would go there almost every day, take care of him. I had a lot of healing around my relationships with my parents and siblings and just all sorts of experiences happen that supported me. And eventually after two, two and a half months of that, I realized similar shift. Okay. Energetically, it's time for me to venture elsewhere, but I still wanted to stay somewhat close to the East coast with my family and the holidays coming up. And honestly, there was just so many people coming into my space who were living in Florida So I thought, huh, this is interesting. I never considered Florida before. I've always thought of these like bigger places or these places you see these people flocking to like Austin, Texas or San Diego or LA or whatever it is. I never considered Florida, but then the more and more I felt into it, the better it felt. I got all these different spiritual confirmations, signs and symbols. I had a few people tap in intuitively for me, feel into it. It felt really great. So I decided to kind of take the leap road trip down here. And I came here not having a place knowing I wanted to live alone. It's really important for me to live alone right now and end up finding myself a little studio downtown St. Petersburg. And that's where I am right now. And it's just been really awesome. So that was a long winded story, but that's kind of a little bit of like the adventure of Shannon traveling and bopping around and I coming to Florida. Was, it's so important though, that thank you for sharing that in such depth and detail, because for some reason I felt called to start with that. And typically I'll start with the question I'm going to ask you in a little bit, but it's um, more around, you know, how spirituality showed up for you in the beginning stages of your life. And we'll go into that in a few minutes, but 
for some reason, this topic in particular, like it was like, let's start there. And your share, I think was so powerful in the sense that you walked us through this journey of what so many of us go through, what I'm actually in the process of going through myself right now. And it's, you know, finding where our soul wants to call home. So a lot of times, you know, as we're navigating and, you know, expanding and growing in our spiritual awakening journey, um, the, our physical location can have a lot to do with our growth. And there's some things we might need from the land, whether it's like nourishment or people that we're supposed to meet there, or, you know, just energetically what's aligned for us at that point in time in our lives. And I know that there are a lot of people in transition and leaving bigger cities or feeling like where they currently reside might not be aligned for them. So I appreciate you walking us through that in such depth and detail, because I think what you really shared with us and showed was like, how you followed the threads and like the pings and the guidance you were receiving. And it's like, it didn't work out perfectly, right? Like I got a hit to go to Austin, Texas. Spirit was like, go to Austin. And really for me, it confirms like, I'm not supposed to live there and trusting mm-hmm. and honoring that. And you did the same thing. Like you had an astrocartography line, all of these signs telling you to go to Kauai and that didn't feel right for you. But like, I commend you for honoring that process and allowing yourself to be flexible and trusting and, and really exploring, which I think a lot of people can resonate with. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that a lot of us too, especially when you're spiritually curious, you probably like travel exploration, trying out new experiences, new locations. And I think it is just that though, of like even Kauai, even though it was so deeply challenging for me. And I know just from what people have shared islands like Kauai can really crack people open and give them spiritual lessons and things like that. So even though it was so challenging though, I'm so grateful because how I feel right now, eight months later after that, like really deep time and just how it guided me back to being in Maryland and then getting to spend all of this time with my grandpa at the end of his life that I was Mm. not, you know, it's like, I would have not gotten that if I hadn't had that kind of plop down moment of slow down, Shannon, be with yourself, be Uh with this energy. And now where do you want to go? And then going home and having that gift of time and memories and connection, it just feels so valuable. And I'm so grateful for it. And then now in Florida, I get to kind of let go of the grass is always greener and really just approach it from, okay, I feel good here. I love the ocean. I love, you know, the people have been really friendly and I am the it. I am the one creating all of this. What do I want to experience and create here versus, oh, being on my sunline or being in this place is Mm. going to make it all happen for me, really kind of approaching it more from it's me. And yeah. And location does matter. I think it's a, it's a both thing and we, we have so much power and we are the creators. We are the beings. We are the magic behind it all. Yeah. So true. And a, we have a saying it's wherever we go, there we are. So like a geographical fix isn't always the key. It's really, you know, following those signs and, and trusting and, and exploring and being curious, but also knowing that like, we have the power within us to, um, to make things, you know, what they will be. And, and, and also, and understanding that sometimes something might not be aligned, right? Like you yes. went to Hawaii and were open and receptive and ready to make this, you know, a uh, potential home, but it wasn't the right place. And so you having the awareness to trust into that. So, Oh, such a good topic. I feel like we could talk about that one for like an hour, but, um, <laughs> I'd love to learn about your upbringing. So like, what did spirituality look like for you as you were growing up and how did you transition into kind of the space that you're at now with your spiritual path? Mm, absolutely. So growing up, I was raised Catholic and that's definitely something I would love to explore more of at some point, I'm Irish Catholic by, you know, my bloodline. I think my great grandparents were actually in the potato famine and migrated from Ireland, either my great, great grandparents or my great grandparents. I can't remember which, but we're very rooted in 
well, I actually have some Jewish heritage as well, but once my grandpa married my grandma, he converted over to Catholicism. So as far as I'm concerned, I was raised Catholic and it was very rooted in my grandparents' lives, but my parents were a lot more flexible with it. They weren't dogmatic with it. We went to church. We did Sunday school. I definitely was raised with a lot of that influence, but it wasn't there wasn't any heavy, heavy, um, I guess, pressure or expectation or anything along those lines. But I did grow up with a lot of that. And then I went to public school my whole life, but then went to Catholic school in high school. And I remember this shift happening in high school where I started to deepen a connection with God And that just naturally happened through going to a Catholic high school. We had this spiritual retreat called Kairos my junior year. And then my senior year, I actually got asked to be a Kairos leader. And just by the nature of having a class dedicated to religion and praying in school and having all of these different ritualistic components of school... I started to deepen into my relationship with God. And I remember in high school, I would pray all the time. Literally, it was like ease for me, trusting in God, praying to God for certain things, really believing in that connection. I mean, I would pray about boyfriends. I would pray about situations in school. I remember praying at one point, one of my neighbors was infertile and she was going through IVF treatments. And I remember every single day praying and praying and praying that she fall pregnant and like six months went by and she fell pregnant. And I just remember this like full body goosebumps of being like, my prayers impacted that. And just really having this big faith and big trust in a connection to God, being able to pray, being able to get through things. I mean, I went through eating disorders and mental health challenges, depression, suicidal ideations, all sorts of things throughout Mm -hmm. elementary school, middle school, high school. And I think there was this component of faith that really helped me move through it and beyond it. Because in my darkest times, I would either lean on my dad or a therapist or God, and I would pray and pray and pray. And there was some element of me that just, it clicked for me. But then when I went into college, I rejected Catholicism and I found it to be very rigid. There was a lot in Catholicism that just didn't resonate with me as far as you sin and then you say prayers, then you're absolved of that sin. But where is the reflection or the conversation or the deeper connection to what actually happened here? And there was just a lot that just didn't make sense to me and didn't feel loving to me, didn't feel authentic to me, didn't feel true to me. So in college, I started to explore non-denominational Christian churches and whatnot. And I would go to church and just explore the messages at church and connect with that as well. And then after college, I, I wouldn't say rejected that, but I just let go of that as well and stopped going to church. And then at that time, I started to explore meditation and that was my next step. Yeah. And I remember being... I had really bad road rage and I was very, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I still, I still do. That's why I'm laughing. (laughs) Yeah. I would just like freak out. I was reactive. I would be a brat to my friends. I was very moody. I was very Mm. reactionary to people. And I wanted to figure that out because it was impacting my relationships. It was impacting my own sense of like contentment and happiness So I joined a book club in the book club. We were reading a book about meditation and I was like, huh, okay, let me try this out. And I committed to like a 30 day meditation challenge within with like for myself and with myself stuck with it. And there hasn't been a day that I haven't meditated since I know Bridget, you're like, meditation is my thing. That's okay. I appreciate (laughs) it. I do. I do my own form of meditation. So (laughs) yeah, for whatever reason, meditation has always deeply, deeply, deeply resonated with me to the point where it's almost like I've probably done it in past lives. I'm sure I was like a monk or something because there's just an ease to it of like, I've never even had to like have training in it. I just know how to do all these methods. I've explored different methods. I've gone on Vipassana. I've learned Vedic meditation. I've learned hypnotherapy techniques. I've learned all these different things. I've 
studied Dr. Joe Dispenza's stuff. And so I've dabbled in all of these different techniques and methods and modalities, breath work, and I just get it really fast. It clicks really fast. And now I do a lot of guided meditation inside of my coaching work because I just find it to be a really powerful and effective tool for transformational mm-hmm. healing, connection to ourselves, connection to our soul, connection to our heart, our path in life, the truth of different things. So I use it in that way. But from there, I, I just have like dove into all these different things. Like people have told me, Oh, you're psychic. And I'm like, yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, tell me something I don't know, but like, I don't want to look at that. And then eventually I looked at that. Oh, you're a medium. I know. And then eventually you start to look at that. So there's been different things that have just been the next step where I've been like, I really want to connect to my grandparents. Okay. Explore mediumship or I do have psychic abilities and I really want to fine tune them and understand them. Okay. Here's a program that shows up for you. So I feel like there's been a lot that's just shown up for me. And now I'm in this place of wanting to be more of a bridge and bring a lot of groundedness and a lot of humanity to all of these spiritual tools and Mm -hmm. make them practical for people. And that's the other thing I want to mention before I stop talking (laughs) Mm -hmm. is I actually find, and this has been confirmed in many different readings and things that I've done. If I get too into my head, into deep meditation, into X, Y, and Z, that's actually not what my soul is entirely here for in this lifetime. Mm. My soul's very here to be connected to humans and earth and Mm. like the, the earth plane and building things and creating things and helping humanity. And we can use spiritual tools, but it actually ungrounds me if I spend too much time in deep, deep meditations versus take action, connect with people, use your voice, create what you want to do, take the next step, try this Mm -hmm. out, like get kind of like physical with all of it. So that's something I've learned and really come into in the last like six months. Wow. So it sounds to me like in, this is kind of common. I feel like in a lot of people's journeys is like putting one foot in front of the other, right? Like taking the next right step or not right, but taking the next step and following where the thread is leading you and then continuing to explore and expand and what feels aligned for you. And I know I share about how like I went back to the church and got rebaptized, you know, and explored that. And then my soul expanded out beyond that. And, mm-hmm. and there were other things that really resonated with me. And so giving yourself the freedom to explore and really connect to whatever it is, is aligned for us at that time. And the other thing I love that you're like, I'm a medium. Like I know it's like (laughs) so many of us know we have these gifts, particularly our listeners right now. Like you're listening to this podcast because you're curious, because you probably have gifts that you've felt like that are trying to come through you or known that you have these connections and you can't really explain them. But following this spiritual awakening path and allowing yourself to be spiritually curious, like Shannon mentioned, you know, it allowed her to connect to those things that she already knew that her soul already had an internal soul knowing about. And by her being like curious and really following that path, she was able to connect to them and really, um, interact with and engage with and, and bring them into parts of her soul and into her life as a manifestation of her, her actual reality. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the only other thing I want to just add to that is timing is a thing as well. So I remember I was 23, I think fresh out of college and I was doing my, I was doing holistic health and nutrition coaching at that time. I went to back to school for nutritional therapy and then started a business really focusing on body image and food and wellness for women and like hormonal balance and all that kind of stuff. And I was in a networking group called BNI, like a business networking chapter. We met every single week. And I remember there was one woman who was a photographer and Reiki healer. And she would just look at me and (laughs) say things to me. And she'd be like, Shannon, like you're really, really sensitive. You're really, really gifted. You're really, really psychic. And I wasn't ready for that at the time. I was like, Hey, I am approaching nutrition. I'm really into nutrition and health and fitness right now. Mm. Whatever you're talking about, like, yeah, I know, but not right now. So Mm. I think there is that element of like trusting 
the timing of it. And now this year I just fully stepped out as, yeah, I'm intuitive. Yeah. I'm psychic. I'm a freaking Pisces in astrology. Of course (laughs) I'm psychic. You know what I mean? So yeah, all these phrases and terms, but, but yeah, Uh, I think there's like a timing to it as well. That's so true. It's like when our soul is ready to receive it. So you might kind of know, like when she said that you probably part of you like knew, right. But you really had to, you know, be aligned with the timing of what that looked like for you. And the work you were doing, you know, at that time wasn't really resonating with that. And then as your soul expanded, it's like, wow, no, now I'm ready to connect to these things. So I love that. Um, and I'd love to talk more about the work that you do and how you work with women and this holistic approach that you have to supporting teens and women. And just, um, I, I love your work because for me, whenever I listen to you talk, I'm like, Oh, like, I just want to like get rooted into my body and like eat a bowl of soup and like love on myself. And like, I just feel like you, um, you help me to feel very grounded mm-hmm. in the sense that like, I feel like you, um, your presence, your energy, your aura, how you show up and how you work with others is like trusting, um, trusting our body, trusting ourselves, reconnecting with that self love. So can you speak to how did you really expand into this space? You know, after you, you just shared, the beginning phases of that spiritual awakening and that journey and what led you into, you know, your current business and the work you do now with women. Mm, Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's, it's so funny because that's something that a lot of people have said to me is that I bring like a grounding presence. And then sometimes I'm like, um, I don't feel grounded. Where does that I know. come from? <laughs> I know. And you, you said it to me earlier, we were doing um, an interview for her podcast earlier and she's like, you're so grounding. I'm like, Oh my, what is she talking about? <laughs> so yeah, no, I want to reflect that to you though. Cause you are a very n- nourishing spirit. Oh, thank you. I think it is that it's like the, the energetic of my soul or whatever can really ground people. And I appreciate that. But I, so back to nutrition, I started this business. I essentially growing up had a lot of challenges with self-esteem, body image, food. I developed multiple eating disorders in high school. I had a lot of my worth attached to the size of my body, my appearance, my desirability when it came to dating and boys. And so I did a lot of therapy and I got to the root of different things when I was in high school, but then I went to college and I didn't want to look at that stuff anymore. There was a lot of stigma around body image and food and eating disorders. And so I just put it under the rug. I went through college, but then after college, I had gotten really interested in holistic health. And I also had a couple different autoimmune conditions pop up and some gut infections and just health conditions pop up that I started to dive into holistic healing and autoimmune healing protocols and different modalities to like heal my body naturally. So I was really fascinated with it. And at the same time, I still had a lot of this self-love work to do and emotional healing to do. And I still was really judging my body. I still felt like my worth was on the other end of losing another five pounds. And I was just stuck in that cycle, like under the surface. So naturally, when I started a business in nutrition consulting, I attracted a lot of women who mirrored the same pattern back to me. So they were addicted to sugar or they wanted to lose five more pounds, or they had a really massive inner critic. They were so hard on themselves. They were so judgmental and it saddened me so much. But at the same time, it motivated me to heal myself, to look at myself, to start to learn how to love myself so that I could literally help other women do the same. That was my motivation at the time. It was that paired with I had a boyfriend at that time who was also a really beautiful mirror to me. And I saw the way he looked at me and it was with this awe and this love that I'd never been looked at with those eyes before. And I remember looking at that and being like, I want to look at myself that way. And I don't understand how he loves me so much when I'm 
disgusting. I'm ashamed of myself. My body's not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm still comparing myself to all these other women. My inner critic is so loud. I'm overly identifying with my inner critic. So his love combined with seeing all of these other women come to me for very similar struggles catalyzed my desire to learn how to love myself and gain self-love so that I could help other women do the same. And I remember, yeah, I made this decision. I had just read a Gabby Bernstein book around choosing love versus fear. It blown my mind because I had no idea we even had a choice in the matter. Like I literally believed that my inner critic was me. So learning that and learning everything boils down to love versus fear and that negative self-talk actually isn't you really blew my mind. And I wanted to learn what does it feel like to actually love myself and quiet that voice and actually feel truly confident and feel worthy of love and look at myself with the eyes of love and beyond. So I made a statement. I'm going to learn how to love myself for myself so that I can help other women do the same. No idea where that would lead me. No idea the how behind that, but I just knew I was done living life, feeling insecure and feeling ashamed of myself. So I ventured down on a journey that was about five to six years ago. And that just led me in a number of directions and has really evolved my work with women to where I learn something, I grow through something, I do some healing work, I do empowering work, spiritual, mm-hmm. personal mindset, etc. I embody it myself. And then I'm just a natural giver and teacher. And I want to support other women. I always put my own spin on things. I do a lot of, um, I didn't even realize I was doing this until we get like words and context, what we're doing, but I do channel a lot from like spirit. So whether I'm doing a meditation or coming up with an exercise or speaking to something on my podcast, it's just coming through me. So it's like, I don't know how I know this or how I created this, but I've been supported by spirit or by divine or by God to come up with this or come up with this new way of seeing something or this new meditation technique or whatever it is. So that's Mm. just a little bit about what I've done. And it's just really been from the, okay, I'm going to learn how to love my body and then I'm going to help other women. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to end this relationship because my soul is telling me to end this relationship. Okay. I'm going to help other women do the same. Okay. Now I'm going to learn how to make a decision via my intuition and the difference between intuition and fear. Okay. I'm going to help other women do the same. So it's just turned into like a very holistic approach to that inner empowerment and self-love work, but then grounded in spirituality with lots of different modalities and tools like human design and meditation. Mm -hmm. uh, So I love that you embodied the work first, which I think is so important. And one of my mentors talks to me about this all the time, just the importance of ensuring that we are embodied in our own process, in our own path, in the things that we feel called to teach and share with others. And so thank you for doing that work for yourself first and foremost, so that you can share that with others. Because when we, we start teaching and we're not an embodiment, it, things can go all wrong. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. energetically these disconnects and we can be leading people in the wrong places. And as coaches, guides, healers, it's just so powerful and important for us to be in that embodied space. So um, I really love that you took the time to do that. And so for those that are listening, I know for me, I want to know, like, how can I cultivate more self-love? What are the, some of the things that you walk some of your clients through, um, to help them embody and understand and learn some of these tools that you, you know, yourself have experienced? Mm, yes. Okay. So a couple things are just coming to me right away. The first thing is time with ourselves. And I think that's where the tools like meditation or journaling or having a morning or evening practice or taking time without your phone out in nature just come into play. I always help women right off the bat start to create more space in their lives to be with themselves because so often we're 
numbing, we're distracting, we're running away. It's food, it's alcohol, it's social media, it's relationships, it's work. There's so much in our modern world to distract us. Mm. And we're running from not typically our insecurities and negative talk. Although yes, that's part of it. We're running from our own power. We're running from our own brilliance. We're running from the fact that we're whole and we have this beautiful reserve of love inside ourselves. Like we're running away from our own magnificence. And the only way to stop running away from that and to start tapping into that is to spend time with ourselves and spend time with ourselves without distraction. So that's where, Mm. and I always work with like the individual in front of me. So I do a lot with like looking at people's human design charts. So it can just be a little bit more customized and that's just their energetic DNA. It's pulls from astrology and some other different ancient and modern systems. But I found it to be a really helpful tool. Um, It's not the end all be all. And I don't I take everything with a grain of salt, but I find it to, to work well with me and a lot of my clients. So I'll look at different aspects of that and just be like, okay, I think like journaling would be a really good practice for you. Or Mm. I'll get just like an intuitive ping of some sort and be like, Ooh, okay, this needs to be your next practice. How does that feel for you? So whatever it is, but just some kind of time with self Mm -hmm. to really look at, okay, what's there. And to create that space and to really start to enjoy our own company is also really important. And then not to run from anything. So then the next thing is I'm really, really, really big on what I call emotional empowerment work. And this is the ability to be able to feel, express, heal, alchemize all emotions, So that is the shame, the fear, the sadness, the grief. That's also the gratitude and the joy and the contentment and love that we have access to as well. So I'm really big on when you're cultivating more self-love, getting connected to your body, getting connected to emotions and learning how to move energy through your body, express and feel all emotions without restricting them or trying to control them or trying to stop them. That's been a big source of me relieving a lot of my depression and like the cycles of depression I used to go through is fully feeling the depths of these emotions that I can tap into. And So just giving people different tools to like really express, really feel. And if it's really scary at first, have someone hold space for you. You can do a breath work session. You can work with a therapist. You can do somatic work. There's so many different modalities to help you express and and move emotions and have someone hold space for you. But I really like to empower women to be able to do that on their own. So if you're going through a breakup, learning how to use music or dance or meditation to access that sadness and to move the sadness through your body and then come back into your wholeness and your Mm. purity and your beauty. So just giving women different tools for different emotions. I think it just cultivates so much inner empowerment, self-love, and then we're no longer fearful or scared when different emotions arise or get triggered within us. And then the last thing I'll share is I am a big fan of inner child work. I'm a huge advocate for recognizing that we all have, especially if we're speaking to women, but men in general, or just humans, non-binary people, we all have like an inner child. So a, a little girl, a little boy, a little being inside of us that wants our love and wants our protection and wants to feel safe and wants to feel connected to and and had traumatic experiences growing up. And it's just really like craving the validation and the feeling of feeling seen and heard and understood. And we can absolutely get that inside of our relationships and that's healing and that's important. And it's never going to be fully satiating unless we also learn how to give it to ourselves. And we form this 
healing, nurturing, loving, compassionate relationship with our adult self and our inner child. So this little, little being within. Wow. So much, so much good stuff there. And so many things I want to unpack. And I think the first place that I'd like to start is your, um, really rooted and grounded belief in time with self. And that's where we cultivate self-love. And I think that I know for me, I was always like a doer and achiever, you know, needing to be busy, having a hundred projects on my plate. And that busyness really kept me, um, away from myself so that when I had time, when I did leave my full-time job and when I was with myself entering in this new phase in my life, I was like, holy shit, like what the heck? I don't even know how to be with myself because I've been so busy comparing myself to what the outside world thinks I should be doing or filling my calendar with all of these different activities or, you know, looking at Instagram and wishing I looked like something else. And so I just love that you express that. And I think it's a really powerful tool for those of us that are spiritually curious is giving ourselves that, that time and space, particularly on this journey, because a lot of it is solo reflection and trusting your own internal guidance and your connection to spirit. So give yourself the freedom guys to like spend that time with yourself to disconnect, to, you know, do some meditations, go on a nature walk and really ask yourself some questions or just sit in silence and see what comes up for you. It might be, you might need to cry or, you know, you might be really happy, but if we're not giving ourselves that space, how do we even know what we're feeling? You know? So I love that you shared that. Mm, Absolutely. And I think a lot of us too, just speaking to, relationships are such a big growth opportunity and just part of being human. We're we're relational beings. And I found that when we can spend that time with ourselves and just start to enjoy our own company, we start to be really discerning with what other individuals we do spend our time with. So Mm -hmm. I had some codependency patterns in relationship. I think if we look into different ways of attaching, more anxious attachment patterns. And I find that we're not ever like fully healed and fully perfect and all these things. And when we do start to enjoy our own company and be with ourselves, we're less willing to get involved in some of those old patterns or unhealthy relationships or even toxic relationships that maybe in our past, we were so prone to just jumping into and giving our energy, giving our heart, giving our time to. Yeah. Oh, I can so relate to that. I'm definitely an anxious attachment style person. I think, you know, from like you mentioned, inner child woundings. And I think that goes hand in hand when we are uncovering and reconnecting with ourselves. I love, um, you know, allowing ourselves the space and the time to connect with our inner child and the emotional empowerment that you mentioned and that there's, there's no light without dark, right? So we have to go into the shadows and we have to face some of those things in order to, you know, become empowered in order for us to find that self-love to find that healing or whatever it is that we're seeking. So, Um, that's such a great word. I've never heard it before. This is the first time emotional empowerment, like those two put together. So thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah. I like to say I made it up, but like, I feel like you did. (laughs) I feel like you might have, cause I'm like, that's a great little combo. And it's, it's so true, but, and how you explained it so beautifully and like, you know, the full spectrum of everything, allowing yourself to really feel it all. And we don't allow ourselves the space or the time to do that. And I think we're conditioned by society to not do that so that we stay in these little, um, like I'm getting an image of robots that we like stay in like these like robotic spaces of what our identity is supposed to look like that we're not feeling and expressing our full being, but that when we, we dig in and we give ourselves space to do that, it's like the fullness of our soul can manifest and we become in greater alignment with ourselves. Mm. Oh, absolutely. And that also is, you know, the same way that we can be suppressing 
grief or sadness or fear, even like trying to like trap it. We do that with like joy and excitement and over the top emotions too. So there's just so much beauty in allowing ourselves to feel all of it. And then also recognize this too shall pass. Nothing is permanent. We can't hold on to happiness forever. And when we are experiencing a really low emotion or a lot of fear or a lot of sadness, I mean, I just went through and still am to some extent going through a grieving process with my grandpa. And it was like, I had so much resistance to it of, I don't want to feel this. I I hate this. I hate this grief. I hate the fact that I'm never going to see him again. This is awful. I don't like this part of the human experience. I don't like this whole impermanence thing. Once I resisted that less and just really let myself feel like, again, inner child, the 10 year old part of me that just was sad that her grandpa just died and like deeply, deeply sad and deeply didn't feel like she understood death at all. Once I allowed that, now I feel a lot more balanced and neutral in it and even excited to start to connect with him more spiritually. Yeah. Oh, there's so much, so much of that stuff. I know we can just numb out. Like I went through a really tough week last week and I was like, I do not want to deal with any of this. Like I wanted to just like eat and like get away, like, you know, not deal with it. And it's just so important that, you know, we allow ourselves to feel. And I love the, the tools that you shared, whether it's like breath work or meditation or moving it through dance or allowing yourself to like, sometimes I'll just fucking scream. Mm. I'm just like, I will just scream and like punch and like, however that the emotions want to come through without any like prohibiting ourselves or like limiting ourselves from, um, from the freedom to of how it wants to be experienced. So I feel, I really feel like you give people the permission to do that. And so it's people like you are so important because that permission and that power is taken from us at a really young age when we're taught to like, you know, no, don't cry or, you know, everything's going to be fine and you're okay. Or, you know, without really allowing the spectrum of those emotions and the cycles of that experience to kind of come through us. Mm. Oh, absolutely. And just to add to that, something I tell a lot of my clients, especially as we're diving into this emotional empowerment work, when it comes to something like the screaming or the crying or the emotions we have a lot of resistance to is connecting to their inner child or their body and just letting them like kind of giving themselves a little pep talk of being like, I know this is uncomfortable. I know you don't want to deal with this or feel this. I want you to know that it is safe. You are safe. It is okay to be angry. It is okay to scream. We're going to do this. We're going to scream. It will pass. So I, a lot of times will give myself a little pep talk. Cause I know, especially for women like screaming or going into anger, it's scary. It's really scary. It's, it can feel like an out of control emotion. Right. Yeah. We probably got yelled at at some point and we're really like traumatized by that when we were a kid. So it can be really scary for us to go into that. And then we don't want to be angry because we don't want to be angry women and that's shamed in our society. So there's just a lot, there's a lot of conditioning around emotions. So I think just giving yourself a little pep talk. And then if, if not, you can't give the whole pep talk, just saying you are safe. This is safe. Mm, That's guys that right there that has helped me tremendously. Like I've been getting up in the morning. There's a a really good book I'm reading and that's like one of the mantras in it. And the book's called the high five habit. And just saying that to ourselves and, and it's using your name too. Like you are safe, Bridget, you are whole Bridget. Like you are okay. Bridget has been such a powerful tool for me in my tool belt. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Oh, so many good things. I feel like there's so much more I want to talk about, but we're coming to the near end of the episode. We'll have to have you back on, um, to chat more. But one thing I like to ask is if you were to give one piece of advice to people that were spiritually curious in the beginning of their journey, what would you share with them? Mm, 
I would definitely share, follow what you're pulled towards because you have time to explore all the modalities your soul wants to explore and just really follow like the excitement, like the curiosity is a beautiful word too, but like the excitement of like, Ooh, I want to learn about Oracle cards, or I want to explore my psychic abilities or working with the chakras, like feels exciting to me. So trying to get out of your head of like, Oh my God, there's all these things and getting overwhelmed, but more coming into what excites me? What am I curious about? What am I pulled towards? And just taking that next step, because that'll lead you down a beautiful path. And maybe you go deeper and deeper in that thing, but that excitement, that joy, like that is your soul. Mm, So true. Yes, 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 yes. To all of that. What feels good. Yes. Follow that and let yourself explore and navigate it and what feels right and aligned for you. So Well, thank you so much for um, joining us today, Shannon. I know that people are going to want to know where they can work with you after you shared all of that, uh, those amazing resources and tools. So where can we find you? Yeah, you can look at my website. That's shannonkeating.com. You can email me to connect hello at shannonkeating.com, or there's also a form to fill out on my website. And then I have an Instagram at Shannon Keating. So everything is my name and I'm very easily accessible. Awesome. Beautiful. Well, thank you again for joining us. I know that the listeners definitely gained some extra tools for their tool belt in today's episode, and we'll definitely have to have you back to dig in more to some of those topics. Amazing. Thank you for having me. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us in today's episode. It is such an honor to get to walk alongside you in your soul healing journey. If you're curious about the work that I do or looking for some additional soul resources, head on over to my website, bridgetnistico.com or check me out on Instagram at bridgetnistico.com.